Welcome back to Viewpoints, listeners. I'm your host, Henry Grossick. It's me great pleasure now to welcome Beth Williams, who's the co-founder with her husband, Simon, of Hargraves Hill Brewing Company. They set this up in 2004, and they have a restaurant and cellar door facility for the brewery since 2007, and um, it's in Lilydale. But uh, Beth's, uh, Beth Williams is a person of many talents, and she's currently studying uh, in the field of music therapy and neuroscience, uh, postgraduate work there but she's got a lot of other qualifications in music uh, philosophy uh, postgraduate quals in that so um, a very well-rounded person there you go uh, welcome to viewpoints beth williams thank you thank you for having me um did i get you right in the introduction there beth a well-rounded so. person or a well-qualified so. person hopefully not too well-rounded <laughs> <laughs> i'm sure you're not now firstly um you've got a bachelor of arts a bachelor of music honors graduate diploma in opera and a doctor of philosophy um all back uh, in time where did all of those qualifications initially lead you to in your career beth uh well i did a bachelor of arts very young out of secondary school and didn't really know what I wanted to do. Um, I got accepted into the creative writing course at Melbourne Uni with Chris Wallace Crab, which was my initial passion, writing and um, literature. And mm. uh, yeah, I, I kind of, I wasn't really grown up enough to keep pursuing that study. So I took a break and then realised I really wanted to study music and hadn't really been an option at my kind of secondary institution so um, I had a singing teacher for about three months and she mm. said audition for the con so I did and um, a bit out of the blue I was accepted and studied with John Weaving who's a famous Australian tenor and that was an exciting and terrifying journey at the same time <laughs> <laughs> John was a Wagnerian tenor and mm. an imposing man um, very passionate about the history of singers and singing in general and yeah it was a great journey I studied with John for four years and um, I think it was probably John that inspired me to actually write my PhD on the history of voice teaching um, mm-hmm. no one had really spelled out those sort of uh, lineages of teaching and different sort of technical things that could come out of opera so that was my sort of first major obsession <laughs> And and was there a reason for going to music? Have you always been interested? I mean, we're all interested in music, but clearly there may have been, what was there, singing or songwriting, uh, um, instrument playing? Where did the music come from? I think my dad's family were Cornish, and I think for the Cornish um, ah. people, I think singing is like beating. Everybody can sing and everybody is musical. There's not really an exception to that, so it's not a special thing to to be musical is just an understanding that everybody is, and what's yours? <laughs> uh, no, no choices. Yeah. So we always sang and played music at home, and my dad had really eclectic musical taste from Bach <laughs> to the Beatles to I don't know all kinds of funny things, <laughs> the Bee Gees, <laughs> and so yeah, music wasn't really um, something abnormal. It was just part of life. 
Mm. And then you got your Doctor of Philosophy in 2003. Then you co-founded Hargraves Hill Brewing Company with your husband Simon in 2004. Um, yeah. That's an interesting change from having got your <laughs> PhD, isn't it? Philosophy <laughs> into opening yeah. a brewing company. What, uh, what triggered yeah. that? Well, Simon was teaching. He's a classical pianist, of course. Ah, of course. And he was teaching piano, and it just wasn't really a future that he could see enough kind of interest and variation and just creativity in um, in the way that it was sort of spanning out. So he taught for about 10 years in some really great sort of private schools and state schools around Melbourne. And, yeah, he was really looking for something in the food industry that was really um, – that he could have some passion for and – I think we both sort of stumbled together on the idea that beer might be a great option. As at the time when we began the company, there wasn't much choice um, of craft beer in the Australian market. I think Mountain Goat were in existence, and they mm. were just a fledgling business at that stage. But there wasn't a great deal of choice, um, and we felt there was room for real improvement in what was available. Yep. So we started from scratch in very small scales. We didn't have a million dollars to invest initially. Yes. Um, I was actually doing my PhD when we started working on the company, so we were living off my APA and his teaching part-time, and, uh, yeah, it was a challenge, but it was fun. Yes. Um, what was the biggest challenge about it? I mean, uh, setting up any business from scratch has to be hard work and um, and no guarantees, big risk. Um Looking back, and both of you didn't actually come from a, a corporate sort of world at that point, did you? No, definitely not. Um, I think that there were many challenges. I think learning to negotiate the, uh, the sort of taxation rules around beer and excise, that was one big challenge. And I guess, you know, learning step by step what's involved in setting up a business and getting licensing and permission to do all of the things that we needed to do, that was really challenging. Um once we got the um, the product onto the market and pack into packaging, that was okay. There was gradual uptake and we soon had quite a sort of small but solid following of people that were really interested in what we were doing. Mm-hmm. Um, Black Saturday was a big um, challenge for us, so the brewery was burnt down along with my parents' farm. Really? And that was really That's difficult terrible. because we had barely sort of got financially the business off the ground when it all sort of had to be begun all over again. That was a pretty tough time. <laughs> Did you think of walking away? Uh, we had actually just started a restaurant in Yarra Glen as the cellar door at that stage, and there was not really, financially we couldn't really afford to stop. We had to keep going. Mm. There are those points at which there's not really a choice. Now, tell us about what you brew. Uh, we brew many, many diverse styles. So because we have about nine or ten different beers available in the market at the moment from uh, a really delicate uh, Pilsner German-style lager, yep. so Yarra Valley lager. Um, we brew a pale ale, which is kind of our first product and our kind of flagship initial product. Mm. Um, about an ESB, which is Simon's cult beer, which is a fabulous ah. English-style bitter hopped with New World hop. Yes. Um and then we do some amazing seasonal beers as well. So we kind of try and make interesting beers in different styles that are appealing to the market. We've had a real um, tilt this year at the sour beers from the Belgian style. Ah, yes. Uh, so um, the Gin Barrel Ghost 
and uh, soon to be released is a cherry sour for this season using the fresh fruit from mm. um, this area. The boutique beers um, have really caught uh, caught caught people, the public's imagination in the last twenty years. Um, Beth, what do you put that down to? Because there was a time when um, Carlton and United uh, ruled the ruled ruled well the drinking habits of so many people, didn't they? Yeah, I think that like the um, education in the wine industry in the I guess late eighties or even probably before that certainly in this area and probably Australia-wide as well, and, and people becoming more familiar with more sophisticated styles, more diverse flavours and varietals. So I think it's sort of just um, an organic kind of, you know, educative process. And and people have also become a lot more interested in varied foods and I guess mm. probably slightly less mass-produced food items. Mm. So it's probably just part of that trend, Um and I guess the boutique or the craft area of food production is always of interest to people mm. of a certain sort of leaning, I suppose. How do the big breweries um, view you people? <laughs> the big... Well, I, I can't really sort of be too specific, but we we have been blessed for a long time with how we've been treated by the big companies. And, um, you know, we really haven't, until probably recently, received any aggressive um, um, behaviour towards our product. Mm. So we, we're sort of starting to experience that a little bit at the moment, which is um, it's very challenging. But mm. what we've tried to do in the last two years is really um, find a grassroots support for our product in the Yarra Valley region, um, just on the basis that if we don't have support in the region that we're based, then we really feel like we don't... If we can't get the market on board with what we do here, we feel like there's not really much point trying to get it on board in other areas. So, um, and that's been reasonably successful, but now we're being challenged by the big companies in this area. So we're learning quickly how to manage that. Thrive and... The the sorts of practices involved, you know, like a large Mm. company saying to a small company, or like a small pub or something like that, if you take those products off tap, I'll give you 10 free kegs of beer. <laughs> that's, that's the behaviour that we sort of have. Uh, yes, yes. Well, um, you're obviously succeeding. Your restaurant, what do you specialise in? Uh, we have a great chef, Chris Unit, and over the last 10 years, can you believe it, we've offered Italian-style food and beer-friendly food, and Chris is a fantastic chef, so... Nice quality and beautiful flavours that work well with whatever beer we make. Mm. What do you call your restaurant? Is it um, got a separate name? Same name as the brewery. So Brewing Company. Are you working with chefs now? I have friends who are chefs. They can be. They 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 can be very brilliant, but also at times brittle people working in those hot uh, kitchens gets the better of their temper sometimes. Yeah, (laughs) it, it is a brutal environment to work in, and I have. Great respect. <laughs> we need to take a short break, Beth. Can you hold the line? When we come back, I'd like to look at another one of your passions. You're a person of many passions, Beth Williams. Uh, the music therapy and neuroscience, fascinating emerging uh, area of uh, research and, well, uh, science. Uh, can you hold the line? Yeah, sure.
Welcome back to Viewpoints Listeners. I'm your host, Henry Grosick, and I'm having a discussion with Beth Williams, who is the co-founder with her husband, Simon, of Half Graves Hill Brewing Company, a restaurant and cellar door facility in the Yarra Valley. And uh, Beth also has uh, other interests, and she's studying music therapy and neuroscience. So welcome back, Ma- uh, Beth. Hello. Uh, Beth, uh, music therapy and neuroscience off air, we were talking a little bit about it and you're very passionate about that. Uh, tell us what you're studying and why you're studying it. Uh, so having worked as a performer for a long time, um, I just in the last few years felt that I didn't really want to be the centre of attention anymore and I would rather be uh, sharing music with people in different ways and uh, also, I became obsessed with brain plasticity mm-hmm. um, and and how so many different things can affect the way that the brain works, recovers, thinks, learns, and so forth. Um, and I started last year, I studied a first-year biology subject at Monash Uni, which was a bit of a challenge, with a view to studying neuroscience. And I realized in about August, that it was going to take me nearly a hundred years <laughs> to get a science degree. Oh and goodness! That was probably oh. a bit ridiculous in the light of the fact that I have a few other undergrad degrees, and I mm. don't really. I feel my age is creeping up on me. Oh, you're so, still a young person, Beth. Wait till you get to my age, then you'll know what <laughs> being a little bit older means. So I sneaked sideways, and I thought, well, I could do music therapy, in which case I use the skills that I already have, and. There are master's courses available, so it's a post-grad vocational training situation, and I could potentially use the music therapy as a neurological repair tool, which is neurologic music therapy. So, yeah, I applied to Melbourne Uni for their course and very nervously and was accepted, which was good. And so, yeah, I've just finished first year of that course, and um, I've learnt a lot and I've really... I think what I've learned more than anything is that there are so many different ways in which music therapy is useful in any one situation. So you might be working with someone working on a psychodynamic issues, working on pain management, working on familial sort of uh, communication styles and refocusing them from something that they're going through and say in a hospital setting that's important all at the same time. And I think the level of um, malleability and flexibility as a person that you need to have in the therapy situation to achieve that is is amazing. It calls for you to bring all of your skills into that situation. So I've become more and more interested in this set mm. in learning how to do that well. Fits in with um, your music background. It's long been known, Beth, that uh, playing of some classical music certainly s- links in well with... Um, with academic studies, um, but that was that, that's really just the tip of the iceberg, isn't it? Mm. So what we know now about the way that music can affect um, the whole body is through things like entrainment, so you becoming in time with the music and your brainwaves somehow syncing with music and with other people that are listening as well. So there's a great sort of synchronicity that can be shared between people and within you and your own body with music, so we know. Well, studies show that there's a lot of physiological mm. effect from music on everybody, and not just intellectual. Mm. Yeah, I know. Um, uh, depending on what mood I want to be in, when I'm in my car, I have a range of music, and um, it certainly is mood-altering music. It has that capacity, doesn't it? 
It certainly does, yeah. I have two teenage sons and we often have music on in the car and they show me what they're listening to and it certainly changes their mood between getting in the car for school way too early and then getting to school. <laughs> There's <laughs> things that they really want to share. And, and brain plasticity, um, that, that that's we've been researching that for some time, but there's some really fascinating breakthroughs. There's a lot more hope for um, helping people with, uh, with brain-related uh, injuries uh, in terms of um, assisting them to, 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 to repair their brain, which we didn't yeah, think was possible. it's really amazing. Mm. Now I've, the, been, um, I've, I've been uh, learning just recently about how music therapy might be useful with Alzheimer's, Yes. Um, and the professor who's the head of our course, Lucy Baker, is working on a massive study um, upcoming this year where they are looking at how Alzheimer's patients can... They, they know that they can... Or dementia patients can actually remember new music things that they compose with a music therapist and write. So even mm. though they're not forming other new memories, they can remember musical memories that they're forming. Which is which is uh, for, for, uh, for a yeah for a disease which is really um, a condition that's really afflicting more and more people. Um, that's that's a great breakthrough. We're nearly out of time, but the other one which we were just chatting with, a lot of people wouldn't know about it. It's the connection between the gut and the brain, and people often say the gut is our second brain. Now, I know you're doing some uh, work in that area. Tell us a bit about that idea. Well, I guess I've um, have been interested in this topic since my eldest child was about eight mm-hmm. um, as he had some sort of autism related behaviours and we were lucky to find um, a doctor who suggested that he might have a, an intestinal dysbiosis, so a real outgrowth of, um, of strep in the gut and, yep. and since that day I've really been trying to learn as much as possible about how uh, gut bacteria can affect the brain and can affect behaviour and uptake of nutrients and that sort of thing. And I guess this uh, new discovery of the, the sort of direct metabolic pathway or cycle between brain and gut and gut and brain is really interesting and how depression, even maybe Alzheimer's disease, other sort of major diseases are caused or possibly caused by uh, outgrowth of detrimental bacteria. So we, we all, we may be actually just host the bacteria and our mm. diet and our other ways of life might be just playing out what bacteria would like us to do. <laughs> <laughs> now, time has got away. We haven't even talked about Lumi Stark. No. Nobody nobody other than you and I know what Lumi Stark <laughs> is. Very quickly, little Lumi Stark, and how can people get in touch with Lumi Stark's work? <laughs> uh, I, so Lumi Stark was the... Um, my pseudonym for writing my first EP of um, folk kind of, yeah, sort of interesting songs. And um, you can find Loomy Stark on iTunes or SoundCloud or any other streaming service. I'll um, be looking for it. Yeah. you got a new EP ready for release this year. Has it been released or is it about to no, be I'm released? No, it's not ready. <laughs> it's not ready and it might, will it probably be 2018, do you think? Uh, maybe. All the songs are just about ready. I just haven't had time to put it together in um, in one packageable form. 
I'm not surprised when I look at what you do. You're a bit over. You're an awesome worker, Beth, and in so many years, such a talented person, and you work in so many years. If people want to come and sample your food or your beers, your craft beers, where would they go, and how, or how would they find out about that? Uh, they can look us up www.hargraveshill.com.au, and the restaurant's in Yarra Glen. Yarra Glen, yes. If they forget that, just Google Google Hargraves Hill Brewing yeah. Company and that'll get you there and we will certainly be there. Look, it's been a great pleasure, Beth, chatting with you and I'm, I'm looking down here and I'm noting that as you go through your studies, you'd be a great person, um, school principal, to come back as you learn more and more about uh, music therapy and um, brain plasticity. There's so much there that's of relevance to the school sector too. So I'll book in a... I'll book in uh, an interview with you sometime next year and we might even play one of your tracks when you release them. There you are. There's synergy for you. (laughs) Thank you. Thanks for having me, Henry. My pleasure. That was Beth Williams, multi-talented person up there in Yarra Glen. Do check out Hargraves Hill Brewing Company, listeners. And if you want inspiration on how you can make a lot of your life, Beth Williams is one of those people. We'll take a short break. Don't go away. (laughs) 